Are you a landlord looking to retain tenants in your property so you could maximize cash flow? Well, in this video, I interview Matt, the Lumberjack Landlord, our special returning guest, and he's going to give an overview of how to retain tenants and really make sure the property that you provide is an A-class property. My name is Ariel Herrera with the Analytics Ariel channel, where we bridge the gap between real estate and technology. I love being able to provide data solutions and to be able to provide great tips for real estate investors. If you do too, then please subscribe to my channel and like this video so I know to make more content like it. All right, let's get started. Hey, Matt. Welcome to the Analytics Ariel channel. Happy to have you here. Super pumped to be back. We had a lot of fun in segment number one. So looking forward to segment number two today. Yes. And if you could just give a brief overview of who you are and what you do currently in real estate investing. Sure. So I am the lumberjack landlord, not self-named. Um, people ask all the time if I named myself. I did not. I was called a lumberjack because I worked in tech. I made the mistake of showing up in a flannel shirt one day. And they're like, oh, is it Lumberjack Day? And I was like, oh, that's funny. And then, then I became a landlord, Lumberjack Landlord. So I have 43 buildings, 124 units. Um, we're going to be expanding that again in another couple of weeks. We have another couple of closings on more buildings. And I've been doing it for 20 years. So I invested through, uh, I just started around the, the, uh, the dot-com bomb. Uh, and I made it through the Great Recession. Uh, we kept all of our properties and uh, and did pretty well there and then just really started to grow and build the business during the Great Recession uh, and what we learned. And we've just continued that path. And so now twenty about 22 years, about 21 years in. So it's been an amazing journey and uh, we self-manage. So I'm happy to help people with products and answer their questions on that stuff. That's kind of what our specialty is. Incredible. Yeah. And you've helped me throughout this time so much as well. Awesome. So I'd like to share my screen. Sure. And this is regarding a recent article that I was reading on a survey that was done by Buildium. Mm -hmm. And their question here was, why are two thirds of single family renters consider, considering to move? Um, they basically did a survey. And even though a lot of people have been shifting towards single family homes as rentals to have more space, especially after um, 2020, they did survey these individuals and if you could see this chart here, sure. um, a good percentage of those who are thinking about moving towards the end of 2023, uh, sorry, 2022 or 2023, 39% of them said they plan to buy a home for their own. Yep. Some have affordability concerns, and then some are looking for better amenities. Sure. So as someone who's landlord myself, I've had to deal with some tenant turnover and one of the things that I've always heard is uh, that you want to aspire to have is a tenant in place for a long period of time, not leaving every year, every two years, because that could really kill your cash flow. Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear from your perspective. What are some strategies to take to keep a tenant in place, um, have them happy and have that relationship continue to grow? Sure. So I think the top three things that we saw that the first thing was that they're ready to buy a home. That's going to shift. Yeah. Um, because of DTI, that's going to keep some people in place, even though they have a plan to buy a home, they're not going to find the home that they want uh, or for the price that they can afford. Right. Um, with rates now in the sixes and probably soon to be in the sevens in 2023, um, 
And pricing will come down, but I don't think it's going to come down enough to lessen the payment to the point where they then all of a sudden are going to requalify. So I think the first thing is the thing that helps it out the most is going to be the market. The second thing is if you have a nice unit with modernized, that's modernized with amenities, largely that will keep people there. So if you have things like um, without that one center light, a lot of contractors call it, it's crass, but a lot of contractors call it the boob light. So it just looks yeah. like a boob in the middle of the room. Get rid of those <laughs> things. you know. Right. And so there's cool things like that that we've done where people are like, when we go and look at other places, it's not as nice as ours, mm-hmm. right? It's because we paid attention. We did a nice light setup with something called pancake lights. They look like this. They're in my Lumberjack Landlord Review Series. These are about seven bucks a piece. So you can put four of these into a room with an electrician for about a couple hundred bucks. If you do four or five important rooms in your house or in your rental, guess what? You might spend a thousand bucks, but now you've got a beautiful lighting setup. And they might not think that they're moving because of lighting, but they're moving because of amenities. And it's like just generally... You know, when people come in, are they like, wow, this place is so bright. It's so pretty. Yeah. We hear that a lot. Then design stuff, it accentuates the, you know, the nice paintwork that's been done around something that hasn't been painted 400 times. Um, like a lot of time, like a lot of stuff in New England. But it's, I think it's the little things that add up. Mm-hmm. Washer and dryer, having them in unit, not right. point. Um, having a dishwasher. That's something that people are just like, I'm sick of doing a dishwasher or a super yeah. cramped kitchen. You know, being able to take out a beam and do a LVL in that room, and it might cost you 10,000 bucks once, mm-hmm. but then because it's a modernized concept and because it looks more modern, the place is always going to rent out super fast. So we have affordable housing that we do. And what we do is we make that clean and nice, but we're not gutting it and redoing it because we know that's going to raise the rent four or 500 bucks. And we have tons of those, but literally those, those rent the fastest. Those go to market and it's usually an A-class property in a B-class area. And that is that is our secret sauce is, you know, doing A-class level updates into a B-class area. And because you're not in the A-class area, you're not going to get that much higher rent, mm-hmm. but that renter is going to get all that value. So I think right. what landlords really have to focus on is the amenities package, like what was said there. Um, I think the other big piece Um, is affordability was number two outside Mm -hmm. of buying our own home. And so I think the interesting thing is depending on your state and you have to check it out, you can do a multi-year lease. So when I talk to tenants and they say, yeah, you know, I'm kind of concerned, you know, about, about the costs, tell you what, I'll do a two-year lease with you. I I won't raise the rent for two years. I'll do a two-year lease with you. And they're like, really? So yeah, then there's no ability for me to raise the rent in a year. That has attracted a lot of people. So I give them a two-year lease. Yep. Watch your local laws because in some states, one year is okay. Two years, you actually um, have to get it um, notarized. So just watch what your local laws are there. But that two-year lease thing, every single person that my broker mentioned it to, they were just like, really, a two-year? That'd be awesome. She's like, yep, you can't raise your rent. Nothing changes. It's two years. Yeah. Now, for me, I know that I have to pay the same amount to evict them if it's one year or two year or three year. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Second thing is that also sets you up for a progression where if they want to renew again, my buddy Dion Talk Financial Freedom, Dion McNeely, he came up with something called the, the binder strategy. I do the binder strategy. We both kind of do it different. But what we do is, is we don't actually tell the tenant what the new rent is. We ask them what they think it should be. Yeah. 
I'm sure people are like, what? You ask them? <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. And we come with proof though, which is, hey, here's three or four bedrooms. Here's three or four units in your proximity. Here's what they were on the market for in the last month or currently. These are what the numbers are. Let me know what you think is fair. And if I can do it, I will. If I can't, I won't. The challenge is, is that that works and that works for a number of years that will get you rent increases, et cetera, but you'll always be below market. So mm-hmm. he did have, Dion recently had some turnover where he was able to increase the rent $500 a month after that tenant left. Wow. So how many years were you behind, yeah. but you kept the tenant, right? And at 500 bucks, most turns, meaning going from old tenant to new tenant are less than five grand. Mm-hmm. They might be a couple, two, three. And that means that in six months, it paid for itself. So for us, we just recognize for, we want to book a business that's as predictable as possible. Yeah. We'll sign those two-year leases. And the worst thing that the tenant then feels empowered to pick the number and recognize that they're basically negotiating with themselves. Because if it's too low, I just say, I can't do it for that. I wish you guys all the best. Right. And where do you find these rental comparables to show them uh, what it goes for in the market? So we'll use, um, we'll use Craigslist. We'll use Facebook marketplace. We'll use the places that we typically advertise our units. Okay. And so that's typically what we're doing is we're using, and I do what's called a rent box, which is I list the units that are for rent. I list what they were asking for. I grade them A, B, C, or D when it comes to area. And I grade them A, B, C, or D when it comes to quality. And then what the number was. And then I just reach out to the rep or I look up the ad and I send an email in and say, is this one still available? Um, And if not, what did it rent for? And they'll almost always answer back. Oh, that's excellent. So yeah, that managing that rent box, because when you're going to market with something, you only have to do that for like two weeks, two or three weeks um, to really track it and really understand. Um, Or you can have 124 units and know what the rent market is. Um, And then just say, I can cite these other units because I own them. Right. Here are these other units that are available in your area or what they just rented for in the last month. And we share those numbers and then they make a decision from there. Excellent. So you're using like factual based material and bringing it over. Yeah. Um, that's excellent advice. I've used the binder strategy myself before. Awesome. Uh, it does work. It's and great. yeah, if others want to learn more about the design aspect to have a, an A grade type property, but in a B neighborhood, um, how will they find more about you and your channel and what you show? So check out Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube or on Instagram. And I do a live stream for free on Sundays, 1130 a.m. Eastern time, where I just answer questions about the construction projects we've done, kind of what we do to enhance units. But if you want to go something on the regular where you can do it on your own time, you can look at the Lumberjack Landlord review series. And you can take a look at all the different products that we review there. And those are all products that we use ourselves. Excellent. Thank you so much, Matt. Really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you, Ariel.